Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And this week we are getting curious about gossip, why we do it, and how to stop. Uh, The reason I chose this topic this week is because I have been catching up on the latest season of Virgin River on Netflix. Please tell me I'm not alone here. I'm addicted to this show. Uh, And so there's this ladies sewing circle, this group of mostly older women in this town of Virgin River who mostly just sit around and gossip about other people in the town. So it just got me thinking about gossip in general and how ubiquitous of a phenomenon it is. Like it's it's somewhat hardwired into us as humans. There's there's this element of in-group tribalism of like hoarding information and sharing it as a value exchange. <laughs> and while I think sometimes it can serve an important social function, I think that gossip overall has a pretty pretty negative connotation for the most part. I mean, typically we don't have very positive associations with the word gossip. We think about the mean girls in high school who started that stupid untrue rumor about us, or we think about tabloid gossip. Um, You know, is Taylor Swift really dating Travis Kelsey? I've been tracking that one for like a good week now. (laughs) And guys, it seems like they are. And I'd be pumped. <laughs> so we think about we think about it as communication that's somewhat shallow and typically unproductive. So why do we do it? What are some of the reasons that we gossip? I think a big one is is the bonding element. It makes us feel like we are more connected to other people. If we have information that we feel is valuable to share with them or that they are willing to share with us. Like, oh, they're trusting me with this this thing, this private thing or this personal thing um, that's maybe not even theirs to share, but it's that deeper sense of a connection or bond with someone. Um, I think another reason is to entertain. You know, maybe you don't have a lot else to talk about and that's just what you resort to. Um to exchange information, to vent emotions. I think all in all, we gossip because it can feel good. You know, it can make us feel important. Like we're some kind of sole gatekeeper of valuable information that people want to know. And it can also make our ego feel like we have some sort of high ground or sense of superiority. And It may also feel like it strengthens the bonds with whoever you're gossiping with. Like we had said, uh, Brene Brown, one of my faves, as you know, she coined this term. She called it common enemy intimacy. The gist is we're friends because we hate the same people. (laughs) But she says this is not a solid foundation upon which to build any type of relationship or friendship. Um, you know, that's not a solid, a solid ground to build anything on. And usually what we gossip about, what we pick apart in other people is typically the thing that we are most insecure about within ourselves. I will use myself as an example here and I'm going to get a little bit shallow, forgive me, but in terms of, you know, physical appearance, for me it is my arms. 
I have always been super self-conscious about my arms and you will see me in long sleeves and hoodies way more often than you will ever see me in tanks and t-shirts. So I probably take particular notice of other women's arms for that reason. And if someone walks into the gym looking like freaking Angela Bassett, then I feel about an inch tall. But if someone has you know, a little droopier of bat wings than I do, then I feel a little bit comforted. Like how petty is that, right? (laughs) It's pretty shallow and it's so stupid, but our ego wants that padding, those basis of comparisons in order to make us feel a little bit better about our insecurities. But I know that judging that woman with the bat wings doesn't change mine. That temporary coping mechanism that our ego likes to default to, it doesn't actually deal with our own core insecurity. And as I've gotten more into mindfulness, I've tried to adopt a personal policy that I have coined API, assume positive intent. And I just think that it's very rare that someone actually has deliberate, malicious intent towards you. And if they do, All I have to say is, and I say this all the time, if you know me, if you see me on social, hurt people hurt people. Or maybe the better thing to say is hurt people try to hurt people. The more pain someone feels themselves, the more they may try to inflict pain on other people. Misery loves company. We know this. And I think that When we're gossiping about the people who are close to us, not like strangers, we have to ask ourselves, why are we talking about them and not to them? You know, would we say these things to their face? And if not, why not? Do we think that they'd be hurt? Have we tried before and they shut us down? Do we ultimately have their best interest at heart with with whatever our feedback is or whatever we want to say to them? You may have heard this saying, I love this saying, just because it's so freaking true. A real friend stabs you in the front. (laughs) You know, it's a play on the whole like being stabbed in the back thing. It's like a real friend will tell you what straight up to your face, the real deal. And it can be super hard for us to have those tough, direct conversations with our loved ones, especially when we think we'll upset them when we think our words will just fall on deaf ears, maybe, but we also know that until we confront problems we have with that person head on, of course nothing's going to change. And I know that gossiping can feel cathartic, but for being super, super honest here, if we have to rely on spreading negativity in order to feel good about ourselves, then we've got to ask ourselves the tough, deeper question. What is the core wound here? What's the core trigger? What's the trauma that's making me continue to do this? Because we know that short-term moment of smugness or superiority or whatever doesn't actually make us feel better in the long run. So if we check in with ourselves and really ask ourselves like why we just shared something personal about a coworker with another coworker, something about our significant other with our group of girlfriends or guy friends or whatever. And maybe the answer is because it made you feel kind of important. 
maybe it made you feel a little more connected to those people who you're sharing that gossip or that information with. So then the question becomes, why do I feel that this needs to be where I get my sense of importance and self-worth from? Why do I feel important sharing this? Do I not feel important in other places in my life? Do I not feel valued and I'm just trying to get it somewhere? Do I not, maybe I don't have enough in common with these people or this person to build a connection based on anything other than petty gossip? I don't know. But it's getting to those core issues. That's the really hard work that, frankly, a lot of people spend their lifetime never doing. But that's the work that we have to do if we ever want to change and break longstanding, tough-to-break habits like gossiping. And here's the other thing. If we had a really persistent habit of talking about people instead of to them about what's bothering us, then we don't really want things to change. We just want to complain. If we really wanted things to change, we would go to that person and open those lines of communication directly. No matter how painful, no matter how much pride we might have to put aside, no matter how much of a gut punch that conversation might feel like, if we don't have it, if we choose not to have it and to keep gossiping instead, then it doesn't bother us enough to create the change in our circumstances, in our relationship with that person we're talking about. So I heard something the other day on a podcast that I thought was so good, and I will find the reference. I can't remember who it is right now. I just wrote down the quote, forgot to find the source. I will find it. Here's what it is. If you want to build trust with those who are present, be loyal to those who are absent. How good is that? (laughs) I love that. I'm going to say it again. If you want to build trust with those who are present, be loyal to those who are absent. The point is that you build trust with others through your behavior. You earn the right to be called trustworthy because other people trust you based on their encounters with you. And if somebody that you know is constantly gossiping about other people behind their back, like, do you really think you're the exception? Like, come on. I know we're not that naive. We know how unlikely it is that we're the exception, right? (laughs) They are very likely talking about us behind our backs when we're not around to. And is that really the kind of company that we want to keep? Probably not. So let's get to the action side of this, how to stop gossiping. And this is not about shaming everybody like I do it too. Again, human condition It's very hard to stay completely out of the fray with gossip, but there are ways that we can curb it, minimize it, you know, put ourselves in situations less frequently where we have to deal with it. So the first piece of this is always self-awareness. It's just understanding like when you tend to engage in gossip, what people you're around when gossip is most usually happening, trying to identify the triggers and situations that lead to gossiping. Awareness is always first and foremost, as it is with most things, right? Uh, Another thing is to kind of reflect on the consequences. Think about who you might hurt. Think about the negative consequences of gossiping for you, for other people, for the people you're talking to, for the people you're talking about. Consider the harm it can do. You know, it could damage reputations, it could create toxic energy, create bad blood between people where there just doesn't need to be any. 
also can practice empathy, you know, just try putting ourselves in the shoes of the person who's being talked about, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. Golden rule, do unto others. Role reversal, right? Just developing empathy can really, it can be a good way to discourage us from spreading hurtful, harmful things about other people. Another thing you can do, and you got to have a little bit more finesse for this one, uh, is redirecting the conversation. Uh, this can be a little tough to like dovetail to find a good segue. Um, you know, it's hard because you don't want to be abrupt about like, I don't like this. Let's talk about this other thing. Uh, but if you find yourself in a situation where there's gossip, you can kind of try to gently steer the conversation in a more positive direction. You know, find a grain of something that they said. They're gossiping about a significant other you know, didn't do the dishes again. And you could be like, oh my gosh, I found this amazing new dish detergent. Uh, or no, oh my God, my dish detergent sucks. Do you guys have any recommendations? I know that's a random example, but just like pick something in there that's neutral that you can just like take that and run run it a whole other direction. <laughs> and this one, this next one is hard, but it's kind of like very Carrie Hilson. Every woman has a break-in point, y'all. Uh, speaking up. Speaking up, taking a stand, politely but assertively expressing that you're not cool with the gossip that you're hearing right now, and you'd rather everyone didn't. <laughs> so there's a great Eleanor Roosevelt quote. It says, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And I know that it can be tempting to get into the fray of talking about people, but there's so much more interesting, innovative, productive things out there to talk about. And I know we all have it in us to stay out of the fray. So that's another one, speaking up and redirecting to other subjects. And another one is limiting exposure, just recognizing like, okay, this particular group of friends, they're pretty gossipy, gossip prone. So maybe I'll just, you know, pull back a little bit. If I know it's going to be like a brunch where we're all going to be sitting around a table and all you do is talk, then maybe I'll take a rain check on the brunch. Uh, but when we, you know, go play tennis or go to the movies, like places where there isn't a lot of talking, better situation. Limits the opportunity for gossip. Okay. Yeah, I'm in for that. And that really goes to the bigger issue of, of choosing your company, choosing the company you keep, spending time with people who encourage positive and constructive conversations, making sure that you're actually around people who share your values, um, who bring the best out of you, positive energy, higher vibrations. Like that's what we want. And a lot of times we don't second guess the people in our lives because maybe they've been in our lives a long time, but doesn't necessarily mean that they're good for us. We got to check in every so often and make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that saying that's basically like, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. And I think that there is some truth to that. You know, it's really who you choose to surround yourself with. Like they become highly influential in terms of molding and shaping the type of person that you are. And, and it's a two-way street, vice versa as well. This next tactic for stopping gossiping is one that I'm going to say in a certain way because it reminds me of a show that I saw, and I want to see who gets this. Mind your business. Just mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. 
<laughs> I didn't do a very good job of that one, but it was a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode where <laughs> Will was trying to teach Ashley how to deal with bullies and something. And basically he just goes, just tell him to mind the business. Mind your business. <laughs> oh, I missed that show. But yeah, you can make a conscious effort to focus on your own life, your own growth, what makes you feel good versus getting caught up in the lives of other people. This other one I really like. So this is a little gimmicky, but it's called the three gate rule. So before sharing information about somebody else, ask yourself if it passes the three gate rule. And the gates are this. One, is it true? Two, is it necessary? And three, is it kind? If it doesn't meet those three criteria, then consider not sharing it. Again, three gate rule. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And I think that if we get better at stopping ourselves before we dive into gossip, it'll be a good example for other people. I know that sensationalized headlines and negative news and if it kills, it thrills and blah, 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 blah. Like I know all that, but we've got enough of it right now, guys. We've got enough bad stuff happening in the world. And I think we could all use a little more positivity. And I think the last thing is, if you're at the point that you are have already gossiped, you've already done the thing, you're down on yourself a little bit, like, ugh, promised myself I wouldn't gossip, and then I just did. Kind of reminds me of that episode of Friends where they're taking, they're doing New Year's resolutions, and Rachel's is not to gossip, and she can't even make it like 24 hours. But what you can do is apologize. You can make amends. You know, if you have a history of gossiping and you feel like you've harmed or hurt other people through your actions, through your words, just think about apologizing to those people. You know, even if you're far removed from the situation, it can be a step towards growth, towards healing. And you never know what kind of damage somebody might have done. Uh, I have a very vivid memory of a sleepover. I think I was in the fifth grade, maybe. Um, it was at Kristen Restrepo's house. She lived down the street from me, and she was part of the like cool girl group. And I wasn't really in the cool girl group because I was more of a jock. Um, but I lived down the street. I was a neighbor. You know, I think our parents were maybe friends. I don't know. So I go to this sleepover and. I'm the first one to fall asleep and I get super messed with. They totally mess with me. It's very embarrassing. I don't even want to relive it. I'm feeling trauma right now. And the next morning, so I guess I just sleep a lot because I was the first to fall asleep and I was the last to wake up. And when I woke up, I was in a room full of empty sleeping bags, no people. And I just heard all the chattering in the kitchen on the other side of the door. We were in like a guest room or something. So I I go to you know, open the door and come out to the kitchen where everybody else is. But before I open the door, I hear this girl named Elise Biscalia say, I really like it a lot more when Kristen's not here. And I felt like I was stabbed in the heart. <laughs> it was so painful. Like I remember it so acutely, so vividly. Like those are those little moments that we just like harbor the trauma. And I know it sounds kind of dumb. You know, I'm sure people have gone through a lot worse things than that, but that's one of those things that really stuck with me. Like she didn't think I could hear her and she said something really cruel and it really hurt my feelings. I remember last year 
I was at uh, like an Irish pub watching football with a group of girlfriends. And uh, <laughs> there were some girls in one of the stalls together, you know, as girls do, we go to the bathroom together. There, I think there were like three girls in one of the stalls. And me and a girlfriend of mine were just waiting in line. And they were talking about another girlfriend of theirs who was there at the bar, but she wasn't in the bathroom. And they were they were just talking smack. And after they left, I remember my friend said that, and she has this like self-imposed rule. And it's basically running this scenario. She thinks to herself, if I was in a bathroom and I was talking about somebody and they were in the stall and I didn't know they were in the stall, would I feel like what I said was okay? Would I have hurt their feelings? And it's kind of a good conscience check, right? And directly reminds me of what happened with Elise Biscalia and the mean, cool girls at that age. Um, man, girls are mean. <laughs> Young girls are mean. But that about wraps it up. How to stop gossiping. I think that there are a lot of things we can do, but it all starts with awareness. I think empathy is big. I think redirecting the conversation can be a really good way to go about it. Speaking up, if it gets to that point where it bothers you that much, understanding that it might make people uncomfortable. But if you get to the point that it's worth it to you to speak up, then I hope that you do. Um, limiting your exposure to people who do gossip a lot or only engaging with them in situations where there isn't a lot of opportunity for chatter. Mind in your own business, mind your business. The three gate rule, is it necessary? Is it true? Is it kind? Uh, and being that example, you know, seeing seeing the good in people, assuming positive intent, API, treating people how you want to be treated. I think it could make our whole world a lot better if we start this at the individual level. We can spread it like wildfire. And I know that sounds super Pollyanna, but I would rather be Pollyanna than be a pessimist. Okay. So thank you guys again so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. And please, please share the podcast. You know, however, maybe somebody shared it with you via social. Maybe they texted you a link. However, it landed on your virtual doorstep. Share it with somebody else that way. I really appreciate it. I see the subscriber count growing and it means so freaking much to me. So thank you. Thank you to all my friends, my loved ones, my close people, my peeps listening in every week. I super appreciate you. And until next time, stay curious.